всем добрый вечер. Good evening and welcome to a, a new episode of uh, Tochni Talks. This is a series where we do interviews and uh, short talks, um, uh, kind of uh, sometimes spontaneous streams, but this time we planned uh, an interview with uh, some of the people or one of the people behind the uh, uh, the Wild Hornets. So uh, welcome, uh, Alex Roslin, and welcome, Daniele. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. We are super excited to <laughs> to have you on the stream. Uh, Daniele, as you may know, have been, you know, he's obsessed with FPV drones, and uh, he's a big fan, and I, and I am as well. Well, thank you so much for all the work you've been doing. Uh, it, it means everything to Ukrainians to have the support of, uh, you know, uh, people such as yourselves. It's it's everything. It's our cornerstone of our uh, victory. Thank you. Uh, we're trying as best as we can to bring accurate uh, information uh, out there, and uh, uh, we're doing so in. Uh, well, basically, three various domains. We're using, of course, we started off with Twitter, but. Uh, uh, we've gone multi-platform, so we're also transmitting mainly live on YouTube uh, and and also live on Twitter at the same time. But if you are in the YouTube chat, then uh, please try and uh, and give us some questions uh, or comments. Uh, we're 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 trying to answer your questions uh, uh, as we go along. Uh, probably we're going to try and do most of them at the end, um, and. We'll, we'll try to answer them to the best of our ability. Um, we also publish uh, uh, some articles uh, on our website, tochni.info. Um, and um, Daniele has uh, published uh, the latest article on FPV drone warfare. And that's why we basically are here uh, today. So um, I think I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off asking you, Alex, uh, what are the wild hornets, and uh, why why did you start the wild hornets? Well, uh, I, I should clarify. I, I didn't start the wild hornets. Um, I'm a journalist in Canada. I'm of Ukrainian uh, descent, and um, uh, but I've been supporting Ukraine uh, since the you know for many years, obviously, and uh, especially since the full scale war started, uh, and. Um, uh, and and so I found out about the Wild Hornets by uh, reading um, uh, an article about them in Sensornet, which is uh, one of the better known Ukrainian uh, news websites. It's run by a very well-known uh, mil Ukrainian military reporter uh, and anti-corruption activist, Yuri Butusov. And um, so they, they were approached by a lot of different uh, drone uh, outfits for support. But they decided to um, support the wild hornets, particularly uh, after researching them a little bit and finding out how effective these uh, FPV drones are. And so 
Um, they chose them as their only drone, uh, only FPV drone for uh, dedicated fundraising support and, um, and started fundraising for them last uh, May and June and wrote an article. One of their journalists went to uh, uh, just see how they work and uh, watch their uh, testing of their drones and wrote an article, which I saw. And was, I was so uh, impressed by them. I, I wrote an article about them as well in the Kiev Post and then kept, kept my contacts with them and uh, quickly started wanting to fundraise for them and uh, just devoted all my fundraising and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, uh, work that I do on Twitter and elsewhere uh, toward, toward supporting them because I could see how effective they are, how, uh, you know, cost effective, for example, um, uh, how uh, high performing they are, um, and really now, of course, uh, filling the ammunition gaps uh, left by the uh, the blocking of um, U.S. critical U.S. aid to Ukraine by Putin's um, friends in the U.S. Congress. So I became I became a volunteer with them. Um, there, the team is actually in Kiev. That's where all the uh, uh, drones are are built in the Kiev area. But there's a growing, very quickly growing group of volunteers and uh, supporters and donors all around the world, um, including on Twitter, who, uh, you know, I'm very proud to say have, uh, you know, have, uh, have, have joined us and are just so enthusiastic in helping. And, you know, we've had uh, various uh, raffles and other kinds of fundraisers for several months now. And um, so it's, it's, it's exciting to see. Um, how that's evolved and, and grown. Thank you. So um, to clarify, the, the Wild Hornets were, it was founded in Ukraine uh, or has it some sort of Canadian-Ukrainian kind of connection from the beginning? No, there's no, uh, there was no Canadian connection really apart from just uh, me my, my, and many, many other Ukrainian Canadians uh, and, and just other Canadians who aren't of Ukrainian descent, just uh, believing in Ukraine, supporting Ukraine, and uh, and I have a a, a very uh, enthusiastic and s- strongly supporting uh, Ukrainian Canadian family and community uh, who have themselves just that one small group of people has contributed up to maybe twenty five thousand dollars US uh, since in the last six or seven months to Wild Hornets. Um, and uh, <clears throat> but apart from that, the team is is all in Ukraine. Um, the it started with some humanitarian volunteers who had connections with U.S. Uh, with Ukrainian um, uh, anti an anti tank uh, unit actually that saw the potential for these drones in the Okrema Presidentska Brigada, the Ukrainian uh, separate presidential brigade, which is an elite sort of. Not, I don't, I don't think they're officially special forces, but they're a very elite uh, brigade, and so their um, troopers were saw the potential last year, about a year ago, for FPV drones, and so they worked with the, these volunteers to develop the first, uh, some of the first FPV drones that could also be used as bombers. So they have this uh, very versatile um, multi-role uh, functionality. Um, so they can be reused over and over again in the bomber capacity or smashed into some uh, enemy equipment in the kamikaze kind of capacity. <clears throat> and so um, very closely collaborating together to develop, uh, you know, more and better and better drones. And, uh, and the drones were built not out of 
they were built actually they're they are built and they you know since the beginning in ukraine out of parts so that you know there'd be a little bit less reliance on an actually uh, ready-made uh chinese or otherwise uh, fpv drone and uh the ukrainian team uh you know has has very high, highly skilled technicians who work closely with uh military uh personnel to develop you know to choose the highest quality parts and uh continually innovate them to make them more and more effective yeah uh, i would like to come back to the development and and also the production a little bit later but uh, i wanted to bring daniela a little bit into the conversation and uh, um so uh, daniela what was it that caught your eye with wild hornets in particular because me and you and many other in touch have been talking a lot about FPV drones and what we think uh, Ukraine should do with FPV drones, etc. And then you you have been talking a lot about uh, these guys. Okay, yeah, I think uh, one of the things that I, I was really impressed since uh, the beginning was the the level of um, uh, integration. So the quality of the integration. So the you, you can see different type of kits that have been delivered to do, to soldiers uh, both sides, um, and they are most of the time needing uh, a lot of self assembly, and always uh, the cable management is always not exactly ideal. It's not uh, the same for each drone. And what you can see here is a consistency path, a, con a consistency in the assembly, in the way on how parts are uh, um, constructed, and this for the little experience that I have uh, uh, in terms of uh, system engineering, this, this was a good sign because it was a sign that, okay, here behind there is a project, there is a plan, there is a, a set of people that upgrade and probably take track of each component that goes in. And then when they have to update it, they know exactly what to do. It's not a volunteer job. It's not like a bunch of amateur that are trying to do such job. So, and, and the other point was the fact that I start to see different uh, model like the seven inch, the ten inch, and then uh, the different variant: the bomber, the the, um, the bomber with the with the rotating uh, carousel, which is which is neat, honestly, and then the the night vision thing, the night vision um, drone, and all these things. Then this image was in, was significant because in behind you see those. Uh, uh, kind of shell the, these those are 3d printed and are designed i know other people uh, involved in these or for other um, for other from other routes in particular for wild bees which are volunteer and and normally try to uh, deliver such ammunition that but mostly for uh, uh, dropped uh, bo uh, drop bombing so essentially the drones that the surveillance drone that drop a grenade and these are uh, was a clear sign that a lot of work has been put behind. That it was, was not just uh, a one-shot work. It was a very well-sustained work. And honestly, before this, I, I did I, I never heard about them. And then I start to dig in, and and then probably the algorithm of uh, of Twitter start to push to, to my feed more and more of, of their videos. But then I start to see that they were de de delivering like two hundred. Uh, every time 200, 220 drone per batch on, on different uh, weeks. So that was quite sustained. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for your, for your uh, 
observations. Um, we're we're very proud of these drones. They um, this is why the most elite uh, Ukrainian units, uh, you know, uh, ask for them so much. Uh, they don't need, as you say, they don't need to be reworked like um, some drones sometimes need to be. Um, <clears throat> They're not just bought from from China and sent, you know, without any kind of work. They're they're actually assembled very very carefully assembled with the you know very uh, selected parts. And um, but I should say that uh, the the team is actually uh, does consist of effectively what are volunteers. Um, there's not a like a people on paid uh, staff. Let's say there there are people who are the this, the team is reimbursed for living expenses you know they have to live on something but you know just at the most basic level and and it's it's also a non-profit it's a charitable fund uh, registered in cave and so uh for all these reasons the maximum amount of money that um that comes into the wild hornets goes out in the form of drones to uh destroy the invaders and uh, and and keep ukraine free and um and because of the some of the you know the mass production um, techniques that have been uh, that you that you highlighted. We've been actually able to, and because of the scaling, uh, the dramatic scaling we've achieved, uh, we've been able to actually lower the cost of the drones from uh, it used to be around four hundred dollars for a seven-inch drone to between three hundred and fifty and three hundred and ninety dollars for one drone, and as well the the night uh, capacity. Uh, we found. Uh, ways of achieving that for a marginal additional cost, maybe 10 to $30 per drone to equip it uh, with that capacity. Um, as well, because of this constant innovation and, and very, very close interaction between the units, um, and these are, you know, elite units are not uh, generally, I mean, there are some units that aren't elite, obviously they receive these drones, but many of them are some of the best known, uh, you know, units you've heard of in Ukraine, um, giving constant feedback. Because of that, we've been able to do all sorts of other innovation to, uh, you know, harden them against electronic warfare, um, and now uh, working toward uh, uh, artificial intelligence uh, technology to allow uh, target identification and uh, and designation well, striking a, a pilot-designated target. So those are things that are, are coming and are, are, are well under development right now. Um, and, and I should say also for the scaling that I mentioned, I mean, it's pretty incredible. When I started with uh, just, you know, knowing about the Wild Hornets, um, just before that in May, that's uh, when they were able to produce 35 drones in a month. And that rose to 700 in December. And from then it actually almost doubled to 1300 in January. And we're already on track um, to very likely beat that in February. Um, we've built, there's just over a thousand, I believe, have been produced in February so far. So it looks like we probably build more than 1300 uh, by the end of the month. So a, a really dramatic, uh, Increase and it's, I should say it's all donation funded. There, there's no contracts from the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense. Uh, the most of the large uh, Ukrainian charitable funds have not uh, donated. These are like small donors, mostly in Ukraine, uh, but 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 that's grown uh, dramatically. And and so as the you know international uh, uh, sort of uh, under, uh, knowledge of wild hornets has grown, 
uh, so have donations from around the world as well. Uh, so that's that's quite exciting to see as well. Yeah, another another thing that is quite exciting to see is your graph of your plot about the, the drone production. And then I mean I mean thinking of superimposing the the FPV usage that we that we tracked using the da the data from Andrew Perpetua, <laughs> and they match so well, <laughs> <laughs> like the double, nearly nearly doubling, and then yeah, I mean. Um, these progressions show also um, a very impressive uh, scalability, which I saw also in a recent video about the acquiring uh, the acquisition of a pick and place machine, which of course doesn't come as just the machine. There is a lot of training needed, but also uh, engineer uh, dedicated to design the PCB, design the software, because this is a question that I would like to ask you, if you can reply, of course, on, on this. Um, is the software uh, proprietary? So, I mean, you are developing your own software um, without the regards of AI, but in general, you're, you're, you are designing also the software or you, you are for now using some kind of open source uh, or other type of um, of software for navigation, control of the drone, etc. Uh, that I'm I'm not at liberty to to talk about uh, some kinds of details like that, and and also the the manufacturing, uh, you know, the specifics of manufacturing specific components is is something that we aren't able to talk about right now. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I, I know that there have, been, there have been some uh, videos uh, posted on our on our um, various pages uh showing right there you go showing some manufacturing but um we we can't confirm uh what exactly you know who's making what and where that's being made it's it's there's a as you as you know very well there's a very very uh um difficult security situation particularly with uh with uh you know any kind of uh, military production in ukraine no, no, absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, thank you for uh, your transparency. And uh, one thing that I, I want to highlight to the, our listener is that if you design your own board, it's very likely that these guys are doing a hell of a work in, in order to verify that each design is consistent and can be upgraded. And also, I, I guess that you are also adopting a lot of uh, quality uh, um, standard in order to be sure that for example if you discover that there is a bug or an imperfection in your design you can go back look which model had that and, and then improve so i i really see a professional work here rather than uh, a volunteer organization so uh, i hats off to all the work that he, you all are doing at the moment oh, thank you thank you so much and uh well you know ukrainian troops uh, deserve to have the highest quality equipment, um, and so because uh, partly because uh, that isn't being in adequate uh, quantities by our our, our allies. Uh, in some cases, of course, uh, yes, it is being, but obviously, uh, uh, with the United States, whose support is critical for Ukraine, that's not the case. And uh, so, we need to provide the best kind of equipment possible to save Ukrainian lives. And in fact, that's that. We get stories about that all the time, every day. You know, we're hearing uh, stories. In fact, just before this call, um, I, I was in touch with our team and uh, one of our uh, most highly decorated uh, pilots um, and, and his comrades 
were were involved in um, destroying a, a vast quantity of well uh, of uh, Russian equipment on the southern front near Orozhaina. Um and so the, one of the uh, videos. Uh, I, I think there's a there's a new video on the Wild Hornets uh, Twitter page that shows uh, some of that, um, and um, it's it's quite amazing. Oh, this is all just in one day uh, that this happened. And uh, you know, what's what's one of the other interesting things about this is that is that um, you know when we see when we get frustrated by the lack of uh, support uh, from from the United States, for example. And uh, we see the urgent needs in Ukraine. Um, you know, we can press our representatives to do more, but we can actually also support in such a direct and, and immediate way. Um, there, there's been, uh, we've had raffles, for example, we just finished a raffle uh, a week ago. And two days after that raffle was done, uh, the, some of the parts that were funded by that raffle were actually in drones that had been already delivered to the third assault brigade out of Divka, where they used those drones to help uh, save Ukrainian lives. And um, and and so in this this is uh, happens again and again. Uh, right now, there's also uh, fundraising being done for the um, Da Vinci uh, uh, first assault brigade. And within three days of a call for funds that happened uh, on uh, on Friday. They already had their first 20 drones that were funded by that call for donations. So, um, you know, this is this is the kind of uh, gratifying um, result that, uh, that that I think people are, are excited to have and, and attract so much interest and, and, uh, and love for these uh, what these guys are doing in Kyiv and, and the units that they support. Yeah, I, I remember uh, uh, really the, the when you delivered the. I think it's that the day that I DM'd you because um, about the two hundred drone to the third assault brigade was was just a, a week or few days before they went to Adivka, mm -hmm. and when I saw that, I I really felt I really felt that like there was something boiling on because if you acquire so many drones so quickly, you you must be up to something, and in fact. Then Forbes, and then after a day after Forbes released that uh, information about them going to Adivka, they were there essentially. So yeah. I think is is um, is not unique, uh, but I think is a feature of this type of weapon system because um, uh, let's say that they, they are not simple, but they can be easily manufactured once you have a very good process uh, on. To the point that you can produce on demand. So I need 200 uh, tomorrow, and and if you have all the parts and, and you have enough um, sto material in store in stock, you can essentially assemble them with a good standard and send. But a question I, I want to ask you is: um, Are you planning uh, is Wild Hornet? Oh, there, there was a um, a question. Yeah, where the name Wild Hornet Wild Hornets come from? <laughs> you, you, you. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's um, uh, that it's but I, I'm, I think it's from the sound that they make um, when they fly around. If you've heard uh, what an FPV drone sounds like, I don't know. Do you have a video of 
I, I um, can probably find yeah, that. I, yeah, I can send you one too, but they're, uh, <laughs> they sound like an angry hornet. Like, um, Deki in Ukrainian kind of means wild, but it also means kind of like a savage or crazy, you know? So, so uh, that's, I think that's, that's where the, the name comes from. Um, but yes, you're, you're making a good point about the parts, you know, this is, uh, this is one of the other things that, uh, that, that's actually quite cool is that the, the wild hornets have been, you know, until recently quite reliant on parts from China or, uh, you know, not in Ukraine. And, uh, there've been, you know, logistical issues, obviously, and there's a bit of a parts, uh, sourcing war happening with obviously, uh, you know the enemy is trying to get the same parts oftentimes but we've uh, we've been uh, developing more and more uh, sort of a made in ukraine fpv drone so increasingly the parts are are already or or will soon be made in ukraine to the point where in march uh, we're we're figuring that about 70% of the wild hornet will be uh, built in Ukraine, and that should increase to 80 or 90 percent um, later this year. So that will increase the, the the reliability of the supply, the speed, this you know, the speed of the sourcing of parts, and uh, the, really the only limitation is the amount of donations. Um, there, the more donations, there's there's no ceiling to how many drones, like, within reason, obviously, but there isn't a, a realistic ceiling. Uh, right now, the only thing we've limited is it, it, we're limited by is donations. Uh, more more volunteers can be found, uh, and um, and the, and for much you know much of the assembly can be done by people who don't need a an enormous amount of training, and so the the number of drones can uh, can you know we can we're we're hoping actually to be able to build five to ten thousand drones a month. Uh, at some point uh, later this year, so uh, but that need that requires donations, and and that's something that we're working on as well. Uh, uh, there may be a, a a point in time when we get Ministry of Defense certification to uh, to get uh, you know more more funding for drones, and also we're exploring various collaborations with uh, with other partners inside Ukraine and outside Ukraine that we're either open to or um, are already, uh, you know, being discussed. I'm going to try and play this with sound. I don't know if it works. <laughs> I guess this is the sound you were talking about. Um, well, let me think here. I, 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 I'm going to send you something maybe a little more louder than that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's not bad, but let me find a good one here. Hold on. But this is essentially like so. This is where the origins of FPV drones is is coming from. This freestyle acrobatic uh, uh, sport, basically, like the people compete with these things, and and uh, uh, I, I think that's uh, you know I don't know if everyone knows where this actually is coming from. Yes, these uh, FPV drones were were before you know Ukraine sort of made them kind of famous. Uh, they were um, they were used for racing. Uh, they they can go up to 150 kilometers an hour, and so uh, here, here, hold on. I think I have one here. I'll play the sound for you if you can just hear this. Just one second. Um, if it plays properly. 
Oh, yeah. Can you hear that? Yep. It sort of sounds like an angry hornet. Yep. I understand. And yep. for me, that I'm terrified by anything like that, oh my gosh. <laughs> you can imagine, you can imagine, uh, you know, you, when you know that these things explode and can blow you into oblivion, basically, and you hear that sound, and if you if you don't know you are, you know, operating drones in your area or someone in your team, you must it must be absolutely terrifying. I've seen videos of uh, Russian soldiers being basically, you know. Uh, her herded like ch like sheep into a field by an FPV drone. Uh, yes, yes, that's <laughs> that. That actually was. Um, I may, may not be the same video you're talking about, but it's uh, the there, same. It's a it's a wild hornet one. Yes, right. Yes, it's a wild hornet, a night a night drone yes. wild hornet, um, <clears throat> that was being used actually by the same unit as the one that uh, was involved in today's uh, uh, you know destruction of all this equipment. Uh, which I believe I'm estimating was worth about $7 million, by the way. It was destroyed with $7,000 worth of drones, about 20 drones. So that's a thousand to one return on, you know, uh, the donor's wise investment in Ukraine's freedom and the, really the freedom of the whole world from uh, Russia's terrorist empire. Um, so yes, those, in that particular case, uh, what happened was um, there was a, a large, uh, a very large uh, armored assault in, in the same area, Urojaine, um, and uh, a, a, a number of you know Russian um, uh, hardware units were destroyed. But in this case, what happened? This was a, a this is see this is the the cool thing about wild hornets is they can also be used in bomber mode. So the, the bomb was dropped and then the, you know, I think there were, it looks like there were around 10 survivors uh, of the enemy. And, and it's just, it's quite amazing to see the pilot just chasing. You see that little yep. white little thing flying around. That's the FPV drone literally chasing them across this open field. And yep. it just zips around overhead. It's, I mean, I, when I saw that video, I, I couldn't believe it. I was just so amazed and impressed by this pilot and and the effectiveness of this drone. I mean, we were, it's like an Oscar performance, I, I think, I have to say. And, and you know, we're going to remember these pilots. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not exactly the same as the Battle of Britain, but we'll remember them, I think, as as the few who, who you know, helped save Ukraine, just just like uh, those pilots saved, uh, saved Britain. Yeah, I don't know if you can see that's the little white dot there. That's the heat signature from the FPV drone. And that little thing chased, you know, these soldiers in terror out on the field. And if you notice all these black spots, that that's artillery uh, strikes and mortar strikes. So they're essentially running into the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if Ukraine had enough artillery ammunition, this yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's and, a uh, that's a, a problem. But yeah, the, the 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 terror this thing puts into soldiers, and I want to say, as a you know former um, army soldier myself, uh, I hate FPV drones. <laughs> <laughs> Just the thought of them because it it makes me feel like all of the stuff that we learned 
is kind of obsolete and useless, uh, at least in this sort of uh, scenario, of course. Well, that's, yeah, that's, it's, it's, there are a couple of points from what you said that it's, it, if we had artillery, would this still be needed? And yes, actually, do you know uh, uh, Forbes, um, uh, Volodymyr Dasenko, who's a reporter from Forbes, did a very interesting analysis. And he found that of all the different munitions that, you know, uh, could be employed, um, the, the FPV drones were by far the most cost effective. And I think that... Uh, the, the return for FPV drones that he calculated for armor was 175 uh, to one. So for every you know dollar of the cost of the FPV drone, it, it could destroy on average $175 of enemy equipment. And that includes the FPV drones that don't successfully strike the target. Um, and, and so that was also 30 times more cost effective than uh, well, up to 30 times uh, more cost effective than various types of artillery or mortars that he, you know, uh, listed. And the same kind of cost effectiveness for uh, even targeting personnel. You may think, well, why would we waste uh, an FPV drone on, on an individual soldier? But, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of money to equip, train, feed, you know, compensate a soldier, including if they're if they're killed, uh, you know, compensation or wounded to treat them and so on. So even for that, uh, there's, there's a massive cost effectiveness uh, superiority for FPV drones. Um, there was a another, there was an opinion piece in the uh, I believe it was the Washington Post by um, a former senior executive in the U.S. Navy uh, that said that uh, without uh, drones, and he was, I believe, including recon and artillery, uh, FPV drones. Actually, I think he was just referring to recon drones. Ukraine would need three to four times more shells. And that's just talking about recon drones. That's not even including the power, the effectiveness of FPV drones, which, um, you know, which you guys, uh, well, I know Andrew uh, Perpetua's um, table sometimes find that 70, 80, 90% of the identified strikes per day are from uh, FPV drones. Yeah, and I, I just want to emphasize also that CJ, one of the people we yeah, in Tochny that uh, we work with, he also emphasized that the uh, that there is, of course, also a, a tactic developing, utilizing um, surveillance drones, FPV drones, and artillery or mortar munitions. Um, um, in in combination, and that in my you know eyes, if, if they had uh, enough artillery support here, all these Russian troops would have been gone. Um, and yeah, I, 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 it makes me really really terrified to stuff. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but of course, uh, the fact that you you basically you you gain intelligence with your munition is also a development that we of course this was already something that was in the loop with the loitering munition etc but with this kind of availability i couldn't imagine i have imagined that this would be happening so fast mm -hmm. well we saw in Avdivka exactly what you were talking about uh the you know in the initial months of assaults the combination use of of uh you know all all the different vectors of destroying the enemy uh, including FPV drones, uh, obviously recon drones are vital for that, artillery, 
um, and so on, uh, you know, and, uh, and anti-tank missiles, you know, the combination is, is just, it's just like being, uh, well, it's like a hornet swarm attacking you, you're, you're done. Um, but it's also part of the issue is that part of the reason Ukraine has been forced to go this route is not just because of a lack of ammunition, but also because NATO, as, as you're saying, NATO or implying NATO countries are not, you know, really there yet. They have not, it's taken them a long time to understand the, the critical importance of drones, even of recon drones, let alone FPV drones. Uh, you know, there's, there's been lots of stories of Ukrainian soldiers going for training in a NATO country and having to try to convince the instructors of the importance of drones and uh, various other, you know, various digital tools um, that, that for Ukrainians are, I mean, it's, it's just as important as a shovel uh, and, and your rifle. Um, and I think that ch that mentality is, has changed now. Uh, and, you know, we have the drone coalition that's now supporting Ukraine. But, um, uh, but it shows that Ukraine is, is really a world leader in this, uh, especially in the production of very high quality um, aerial drones, but also, as you know, sea drones and ground drones. And so the rest of the world can really learn from Ukraine, but also to help Ukraine, give Ukraine money. You know, let you, Ukraine has the smarts and the know-how, obviously the battlefield experience. We know how to apply this stuff and develop the best stuff, but obviously more money is needed. As, as I was mentioning, the Wild Hornets are the only bottleneck is, is money, donations from individuals, but also funds from governments. I mean, you know, we you, the Wild Hornets have destroyed at this point something like $330 million of Russian equipment. Uh, since last um, since last August, I believe it is, and that's with about 1.5 million dollars of donations. How much money does you know any NATO country have? Like, imagine that times a thousand. This is the kind of impact that you know that, that Ukraine could be having with just a little more help uh, from our allies. And uh, and I think that is coming, but but it's been very slow to come. And yep. uh, so NATO, NATO has a lot to learn from from Ukraine. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you probably noticed that mil military institutions are not the fastest in, ad in adopting sometimes and can be very conservative in, in their approach uh, to institutionalize uh, new capacities and, and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, especially things like this. I mean, it's completely, you know, groundbreaking technology. And uh, I think, unfortunately, uh, especially in many NATO countries, the reluctancy to, to jump onto uh, these technologies that aren't necessarily intended for military use is there's quite a big hesitancy for that. But uh, I'm, I'm very happy to see that there are, you know, big announcements of of big projects um, uh, in in Western allies uh, allied countries that will produce drones and also FPV drones for Ukraine. Um, mm -hmm. I hope some of that will happen in Ukraine. I know that uh, Alexander Kamishin was out, uh, you know, saying you should give us the money so we can build them because uh, we know how to build them. Uh, so I, I hope that some some of that money will will go to Ukraine and and the production in, in country. But I, I at the same time, I'm happy that uh, some of the production will happen in Europe because 
of course, it will diversify some of the logistics. And I think that uh, for sustainability is probably good in the long run. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Most of this should be happening in Ukraine. And yeah, I just want to go back to the, this. I think it's such a beautiful video. And I think Daniel, <laughs> when I saw this, I was so happy. And I, I, I know you can't talk about everything, but uh, um, uh, can we ask it like, uh, is your goal to make the whole, all the components in Ukraine or at least in, in, uh, in Europe? And maybe you can be a little bit general about Ukrainian drone production if you can. To, yeah, I, what yeah, you can I, answer, I, of course. Sure, sure, of course. Um, thank you for also understanding about the, the security. Um, the goal is to make, um, uh, I, I, as I was mentioning, 70% by March, uh, we'll have 70% of the drone made in Ukraine. And uh, later this year, 80 to 90%. And the remainder will be made in an allied country or allied countries, not in, uh, so there won't be any reliance on, you know, a less reliable partner. Um, and uh, and that speeds, you know, as I was mentioning, speeds delivery, uh, reduces costs and, and ensures that we have the highest quality uh, parts that are, you know, exactly what the Ukrainian uh, units uh, are, you know, tell us that they need. That, that's and, and also, uh, well, as or to just actually tied to that, sorry, it, it, it's that there's, you know, uh, um, an industrialization of the process. So more and more of the process is, is automated. And that's another innovation that, you know, we're, we're very proud of. Uh, um, so that's going to just speed it up and, and make it cheaper and, and more standardized, which is obviously uh, critical, as you were as you were mentioning. Can, can I ask another question regarding um, um, regarding batteries? I, I saw a picture or, or a couple of pictures about cell uh, being uh, uh, soldered together. So essentially, uh, you looks like that he, that Wild Ornus is also capable of uh, producing battery pack, and that, that if is, if this is confirmed, I think is is an incredible news because uh, essentially even the most uh, difficult part to source because everyone now needs uh, polymer batteries or, or um, other kind of of of, of, um, of batteries but th this is this is something that you are doing now if you if you can answer <laughs> yes well again uh, no i'm sorry uh it's it's uh it's not possible to for me to confirm that but uh but yes any any you know ukraine is able to to make uh the most complicated parts and anything that uh ukraine can't make uh will will you know be available from an allied country where uh which is a, a more reliable um, uh, supply Thank you. Thank you very much. And again, uh, sorry if sometimes we, we, we ask uh, sensitive questions, but as, as I said, uh, don't, don't, don't worry, we understand it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. We also have a viewer question. I will try to, to get, you know, there's a lot of comments in, in YouTube now, so in chat. So um, I don't know if we'll manage them all, but we'll try. So uh, one here that is relevant is regarding supply from Oimbubi. Um, how problematic was the dependency getting parts from China? And are there still dependencies in that direction? What is the most problematic to get? And I remember actually I saw a video where you uh, were actually 
emphasizing this issue with uh, Chinese New Year uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I think that was, uh, was that related to video transmitters, I believe? Yes, that was related yeah. to video transmitters. Those, those can sometimes be um, more tricky. In the past, they have been, but uh, that's something that we're quickly solving. But, uh, so let's turn back six months. Was this a, a lot larger problem than it is now? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't hear about it being a problem uh, then, but I, I'm not 100% sure. I, I, it may have just been something I, I, I wasn't aware of. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I've heard at least some chatter at least before Christmas, about people panicking a little bit about parts, uh, um, maybe other manufacturers, etc., cetera, um, because there was a lot of orders being placed and, and there was some scarcity of, of certain parts. Yeah, there has been in the past, and I think it goes up and down or, uh, in terms of how you know dire the problem is, but there have been... There has been sort of a behind the scenes uh, part supply war, you know, behind the scenes of the drone war, let's say, um, in terms of, you know, getting as many parts as possible. It's hard to know sometimes, you know, what the real story is of, of uh, why parts aren't available or they, are they available and so on. Um, but yeah, that is that, that that has been an issue in the past. And I just wanted to say also that there were Many of the questions that have been in chat have we, we kind of addressed them, so I'm not going to pull them up. Uh, but I just want to recognize that Kellen uh, asked, uh, you know, are most of the FPV components made in Ukraine? Uh, yeah, so well, you you answered that. I'm sorry, I didn't pull up the question when when you were talking about this. Um, yeah, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about EW, and you mentioned that you uh, you're you're building drones that are EW hardened, um, and I guess this is also a little bit of a sensitive topic. But you you indicated a video to me, so uh, maybe you can explain what happens there. Yes, I believe this was um, a special forces a Ukrainian special forces unit, if if I'm remembering correctly uh if this was the one from a few days ago and yes so this it was it was able to strike the um an enemy uh electronic warfare installation despite you know the uh, the, the the presence of a of that anti or of that uh, counter drone uh, system there so the you know we're developing drones to be able to counter that um counter that uh, Russian measure. And and has this been reported as a huge issue for you? I know some drone units have been uh, struggling in certain areas with uh, EW. Yes, it, it certainly, uh, certainly the enemy has, uh, you know, is known is publicly known to have very strong uh, EW capabilities. And so that's what I have heard also, uh, that, that that has been an issue in some sectors or perhaps with some, certain kinds of drones. I'm not, I'm not sure uh, which, which particular drones are, you know, are, are an issue there, but uh, we have for some time now um, had that capacity to be able to counter that 
So um, I think the first strike that I saw was uh, was still last fall uh, involving a wild hornet uh, with um, you know a sort of an e EW resistance or, or being hardened against EW. I also wanted to show this video, which is, uh, uh, yeah. So the, the, the question I have relate in relation to this video is, um, more about pilot training. Um, and, um, because here in this video, there are several more or less acrobatic moves being <laughs> performed, uh, in order to strike into trenches, which is also something Daniele is doing research on now. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the reasons why. You know, we, we see that uh, trench warfare has to change as well because this is not just happening, you know, from Ukrainian units towards Russian uh, positions. Uh, the Russians were actually the ones who started, you know, striking positions heavily with FPV drones. Um, and we see that this is going to be just more and more difficult uh, um, on the, you know, on the front lines operating in trenches uh, is going to be very, very hard. Uh, mm -hmm. These are actually dropping munitions, as far as I see. But th what they do is destroying, you know, the fortifications, and uh, and this way the the, um, the the soldiers in the trenches they lose their their cover, and and next time their the drone comes in, they they are exposed. Uh, so this is a huge problem for Ukraine as well. Um, but uh, pilot training. Um, how long does it take to train a pilot to an efficient level? Uh, can you say something to that? Um, yes, just just about the videos there. As you as you pointed out, these are uh, wild hornets being used in bomber capacity, which is one of the unique things about wild hornets. It's not the only drone uh, in Ukraine that has that capacity, but it's one of the things that that really stands out. Um, and and um, it, it reminds me of uh, another. Um, uh, armored attack that um, actually one of the pilots involved in today's, the main pilot, I believe, involved in today's, uh, um, uh, you know, destruction of the Russian equipment was also uh, involved in a in an attack in the same sector uh, last summer where they, the, a very small, uh, outnumbered, outgunned Ukrainian unit from the uh, presidential brigade was uh, under a large uh, armored attack. I, I believe there were 10 tanks and armored vehicles attacking them. They had five drones, five wild hornets, and um, and a couple of, uh, at, at, at least two wild hornet pilots were using those five wild hornets for an entire day to repel 17 different attacks that happened during the course of that day. And, um, and at the end of the day, uh, uh, you know, I, I understand that most of that armor was uh, destroyed or damaged and uh, the survivors of the Russian attack uh, had to withdraw. And uh, one of the pilots uh, whose uh, call sign is Hulk uh, was awarded the Golden Cross by uh, Commander-in-Chief uh, General Zaluzhny. Um, so, so it's just a proud moment and it just reminds me a little bit of, uh, of the, the amazing potential of these drones uh, being used in bomber mode not in the well better known kamikaze mode so and that but that goes to your question actually because that's that's not an easy skill fpv drones are um are not as easy to fly as uh as uh 
you know, the better uh, sort of better known or previously better known Mavics, for example, the, which are used in uh, sometimes uh, in bomber capacity or in re, you know often in recon capacity. So it takes it takes a, quite a bit of skill, and um, I understand you know several weeks of, of training. Uh, so there's there's quite a rigorous training process um, to be able to do these things. It may seem like just simple, you know, they're just dropping a bomb. That's very very hard to do, um, and um, and so you're seeing some uh, brilliant piloting at work there when you see these strikes. I know there are drone schools being uh, formed, and also there is a special drone branch uh, happening right now. Uh, do you expect uh, uh, the, the capabilities and, and the skill level to be enhanced uh, a lot in the in the time coming? Yes, yes, we're you know we're really as amazing as it might sound. We're just at the beginning of this revolution. Um, you know, the uh, President Zelensky talked uh, not long ago about a million you know produced in Ukraine FPV drones uh, by the end of this year. And that's certainly not an unrealistic goal. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, it's, it's very possible that many more than that could, you know, not many times more than that, but much more than that could be produced. It's certainly reasonable. Um, and um, so, so the, the development of the uh, separate drone branch is, is just a part of that process, I believe. It will just help to institutionalize um, the training, it'll help to institutionalize these units within the armed forces and, uh, and uh, you know, obviously improve attention, training and so on. Um, so, uh, yes, the, you know, we're going to just see more and more of these pilots and, and even drone engineers. Now there's, a, there's a, an NGO, Ukrainian NGO, that uh, uh, Victory Drones, that has uh, uh, sponsored a free online course. It's only available in Ukraine, unfortunately, but uh, perhaps later they may add, uh, you know, other languages. But it's it's uh, a lot of thousands of Ukrainians have signed up for it, and uh, we're becoming a nation of drone engineers. Uh, you know, you can just build your own drone in your bedroom uh, if you want uh, after doing that course. And and uh, hunt, you know, I understand that. Uh, just within a short time after announcing that, uh, I think it was last month, already there were, I think in, within a few days, there were already 100 drones um, produced by people who had already been in the course. I think the course had already existed for, for a short time. And so and 80% of them were uh, at military standards. So these were drones made by people who took an online free course and were making you know, military-grade uh, stuff that they from parts they bought on the internet. Amazing. Uh, it's, all, it's all amazing. <laughs> uh, Daniela, <laughs> do you have any questions uh, before, uh, before we start picking off all the questions from chat here? Yeah, no, <clears throat> it's, it's amazing to listen and understand how this development is happening essentially in real time, because this is one of the few occasion in modern history where you see a weapon system being developed by both sides but uh, essentially at this pace is, is incredible one question that i would like to ask you is uh, do there is any uh, plan to uh, being involved in more institutional funding 
funding program from from the government because there are some money coming from the uh, west uh, for example one uh, very very well known is is the 200 million pound given by the uk government specifically for drone and fpv drone program so as as, as we say that there is a a possibility that um, a larger amount of money will be available on the table do there is any plan on moving this and if there is any plan, which is the barrier at the moment that stop you from doing this? Yes, well, that uh, until now, uh, the Wild Hornets ha has uh, has been funded solely by donations, mostly I understand from small individual donors. Um, very in the last month or two, that that has uh, you know as the Awareness has increased and the effectiveness uh, has been uh, become uh, widely more widely publicized. Uh, some of the like their funds, some larger funds and uh, uh, very large donors have come on board. Uh, for example, the Stenenko Fund, uh, which um, funds a lot of uh, drones for Ukrainian uh, for Ukrainian uh, forces, uh, also um, donated large amounts of money to. Uh, the wild hornets to to fund drones so this was a, an amazing development and you know very very appreciated and uh as well um uh one of the deputies of the ukrainian parliament uh marianne zablodsky uh worked with a, a very generous u.s donor to fund uh, a very large number of drones as well actually uh, some of those drones that you were showing uh, some of those strikes by the uh that um uh, it said uh, Ludwig on the drone. Those were particularly funded by that um, that or you know that donor, and through that uh, deputy. So uh, and and the reason for sticking mostly with that kind of donation is that it was um, it's been uh, allowed the Wild Hornets to be more flexible to deal directly with uh, the most effective units uh, that that are able to use these drones. Uh, you know, to destroy as much of the enemy as possible. And um, so uh, just to react very quickly, for example, uh, you know, in situations like Avdivka or Urojaina, where, uh, you know, there's been these this series of uh, uh, epically failing uh, Russian attacks, uh, we're able to quickly, within even hours, send them more drones just as they're needed. Um, to ensure that they have enough to, you know, keep uh, burning the enemy. And so that, however, now, uh, you know, as we want to scale and uh, continue to, to just really expand the production as quickly as possible, that's now it's, we're, we're exploring that a little bit to, to get the uh, Ministry of Defense certification so that we can, you know, uh, work with the Ministry of Defense and, um, and get contracted, uh, to supply them directly and so that that is certainly something uh, for that scaling reason that that's being explored thank thank you very much for this uh, clarification and um, another question that i would like to ask you is uh, regarding uh, um, some particular uh, um, aspect on the warhead at the moment we know that most of the warhead at least most are essentially made from other ammunition but there is a converging trend that essentially for both safety and reliability would like to have these munition to be developed specifically for fpv drone because of course arming these 
it's, it's quite a dangerous task. We, we know that have been accidents in the past, not with your drone, but with other drones as well. So are you moving also on this side and how much the assistance from military is important? You don't have to go on the detail on what actually is going to be developed, just in general. I just wanted to say that this, to me, looks like a purposely made uh, munition. Um, can can this be confirmed? <laughs> I, I no, I'm sorry, I can't talk about uh, anything specific like that. But I I, I will say that uh, the units we work with are, I mean, these are like we're talking like the HUR, the military intelligence special forces, the SBU. Um, a special operations center, military counterintelligence, you know, the Bulavo, who, which we've talked about, you know, the elite pilots. Um, these guys are, are, you know, are sort of craftsmen of, of, of what they do. They're, they're professionals. And so they have their own, you know, just like any craftsperson has their own love of exactly the right thing for their job. And so they are, you know, developing... Uh, certain things of their own and uh, but you know of course uh, a greater standardization and uh, mass production of, of uh, drone munitions is is uh, certainly needed and and uh, and is happening as well so it's sort of I, I believe that uh, the answer is sort of on those two levels you know the units are innovating themselves um, you know being the professionals and uh, and uh, you know uh, needing to have this stuff uh, ready-made and, and made to their own specifications and as well the the government is is doing this as well and and there's another way that uh that i i i think that wild hornets stand out is that because of this unique uh, collaboration we have with these elite units um we're able to customize the drones to their exact specifications and their needs in particular sectors um, and without giving any details about what customization there is, but you know, uh, but but you could imagine. Uh, I mean, simple things I can reveal are the range, for example, can be adapted, or uh, payload capacity. You know, things like that can be adapted uh, to to what a particular unit wants. Yeah, I would love to talk for ages about different, uh, you know, uh, radio transmitter, etc. But I, I don't, I don't, I think that we're going to focus on. Uh, some other stuff now there are so many questions we need to to try and address as well and i really like this question from kellen how difficult is it for commercial drone business to scale up production in ukraine and are there tax reliefs or other government incentives for small businesses to develop drones now you're not a business in that sense you don't sell your drones you're you're right. an NGO. Right. Yes, so we give the drones for free to units. Uh, they're not sold. Um, I know. I mean, I understand that sometimes. Uh, I, I I won't even comment on how it works with other drones. Really, I, it's not my it's not my place. But um, our our drones are given to the units for free. They don't have to pay anything. And um, and uh, but I do know that the scaling of production is happening at a dramatic pace in Ukraine, you know, a million FPV drones for this year is the minimum target. And so, um, and not unrealistic as well. And most of that will, I believe, be done by, uh, by Ukrainian businesses, um, as far as I understand. So the, 
the demand from biz, the business sector has already been massive and, and is actually just going to accelerate right now. And so I, and I do understand that I, I don't know about tax relief particularly, but I, I know that there are, you know, very strong government incentives uh, for businesses uh, to develop, to develop drones right now in Ukraine. Okay, I know Daniela wants to show a PDF, but uh, let's go through some of the questions before uh, we go to that. So this one you kind of mentioned, do you know if Ukraine is close to introducing AI-assisted FPVs to the battlefield? I think they're already there. Um, maybe I've heard something. But uh, <laughs> you talked about uh, that you are also working on this, right? Yes. Yeah. That's also one of the things I absolutely... Hate, but uh, I'm very happy Ukraine uh, gets it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's, we should we should clarify. It's not Skynet. We're not talking about you know Terminator here. Um, so yeah, it's it's machine it's, learning. It's actually it's, I, I don't like the word AI in this sense. It's a target identification with video recognition, right? <laughs> no, well, I. I I'm yeah, I'm loath to give too much detail, but yes, yeah. more or less something like that. And yeah. uh, and it's not something that, you know, uh, somebody would just, uh, you know, send a drone into the air and let it go and kill whatever it wants to kill. That doesn't happen like that. Yeah. OK, good to hear. Um, and it's not that I hate it because you are doing it. I just hate it thinking uh, as a soldier facing this threat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because yeah. that's a, I need to think like this in a way. Uh, it's a mechanism in, back, in the well, back, you know, in my bone marrow. <laughs> if if I you know I don't I can't even imagine putting myself in the mind of a of of the enemy. It's, it's just such a loathsome concept to me even to think about it. But you know, if if someone was to do that, uh, they'd be terrified, and they should be. So get the hell out of Ukraine. Oh, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> I know. You know, this is so freaking terrifying. And Ukraine is going to have so many more drones within this, you know, the end of the spring. Uh, if we at least looking at the, the you know, predictions from Daniela, who has been doing a lot of the, uh, you know, tracking of the of the of the documented strikes and the trends there just point in one direction upwards. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Invaders should be terrified. <laughs> and and, I, and I, actually, going back to one of the things you talked about earlier was <clears throat> the um, the breakdowns of the data that you you guys have so amazingly uh, assembled, which is such a, an amazing and vital uh, historical record for this uh, for this uh, situ you know for the war. Um, and, and what's gratifying, actually, in, in one of your uh, last uh, pieces of data on this was to see, you know, how Ukraine, despite despite its, you know, being under this massive attack, despite the, uh, the, you know, the the funding difficulties with the United States and so on, um, has has maintained uh, its its very significant lead uh, over over. A country that's you know massively bigger has a massively bigger industrial capacity for uh, the vehicle strikes. I mean, not just vehicle, but the uh, armored equipment strikes and other uh, hardware strikes, and that shows the. I think that speaks to the quality of Ukrainian drones over the the Russian ones, which I understand are 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 just not as good quality. 
And so we also see that Ukraine in that chart you're showing now has uh, jumped to the lead in uh, strikes on infantry and your other chart showing uh, strikes on uh, positions shows that Ukraine has, uh, you know, has almost caught up. And, uh, and that's in a very short uh, time span. So, you know, we're, we're holding our own and, and leading, uh, leading on in, in that data, which is very gratifying to see. Yeah, yeah. The, the data has been, um, the, the very first time I started was just for curiosity, but and, and to try to combat the propaganda from the Kremlin that was saying, oh, we have uh, six times the drone that um, are, are currently produced by Ukraine. And honestly, I, I by seeing, just by seeing the data from Andrew, I, I was thinking, oh, that, that, that's, that, that's not not possible because uh, this is ammunition that should cost very few money if you have so much you should bomb the heck out from your enemy you would use as many as you can uh, instead uh, the the picture that came out was uh, at the beginning especially in uh, december was a kind of parity in some areas and some advantages in in uh, in vehicle strikes and in position strike for one side to the other but then slowly uh, we seen an improvement especially here in position now you can see that of course this is what we can see uh, we know that the, the, the strikes that we that we publish are only a part of those because of uh, not because uh, there is this con misconception of oh they are retaining these for OPSEC for the maybe some of these for OPSEC maybe but most of the time the reason is much easier in order to cut all the video, do the nice editing, and you may know because you do as well, you need time. You need the people doing this. And for units, it's not sometimes humanly possible to post-process all these videos. So you just have to select maybe the most choreographic. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and of course, there is also a problem in terms of capability of the drone to uh, the feedback uh, maybe is very noisy, is, is, is terrible, so you ditch for that. So. It, all in all, the data that we have give us a trend, and the trend is encouraging because, uh, for example, the strike on vehicle is, is utterly fantastic. And um, of course, people say, "Ah, oh, well, but the problem is that the U Ukraine is using less vehicle. But the Ukraine is using less vehicle because they understood the threat, not because they have less. Oh, I mean, in absolute value, they have less at the moment, probably not, not for a lot of time. If the stats will continue like that but they they know about the threat and so they use very wisely their uh, mechanized infantry because they know that they they could be hit as well but the russians do not care and then they continue to use uh, their vehicle on on and mass but the the strike on position has been uh, game changing because we seen a distinct increase in strikes in, 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 in months, to the point that at the start of February, uh, Ukraine was in advance for a week. And then mm. now we had, uh, we had uh, these, um, this race, let's say. But now I'm working mainly on this side of the, of the, of the topic, so strike on trenches, and, and, and we discussed about this. But in general, the, the trends are, are good. But as you say, the, the most important thing is keep advancing, not stay, not, not, not saying, oh, okay, it's done. It's done once the war is over. So uh, I, I totally welcome initiative like Wild Hornets, especially because I see a lot of um, improvement also. And, and you try always to in, 
improve your product, despite it's not a product, it's something that you produce, uh, not for a profit, let's say. But your profit is the freedom, so it probably is a is a more important uh, outcome rather than a, a dividend. Yes, that's so very, very, <laughs> very well said. Thank you. Yes, that's that's exactly right. Um, it, it, you know, I would add that some sometimes you're you're exactly right. Sometimes the units just or the volunteers involved uh, or or whoever is reporting uh, the strikes just doesn't have the time. You know, can't report. Sometimes it's just the quality of the the video is is a little not exactly wet. You know, it, it can be published. It's just grainy or something like that. Um, there's sometimes security issues as well to publishing certain strikes. Um, and uh, so there can be any number of, of, of reasons. But um, what, one thing, though, that, that we do hear is that on, on many, in many sectors, I, and I've heard this quite consistently, is that the number of drones seen flying around in the air on both sides is, is almost uh, identical, one-on-one. So the... Uh, it's important to realize that you know we we have a we're, we have seen we you have some favorable data there, but Russia is mass producing these drones and um, and uh, you know and also innovating, and so we have to stay ahead of them, and we can do that only by receiving donations. Uh, in the case of you know groups like the Wild Hornets and um, and also uh, the allies who have to support Ukraine. Uh, it's critical, and um, and so that's where you know the United States and its its inaction in the last uh, several months is so grating and so frustrating for Ukrainians to see uh, when when it's, it's costing lives and it's costing you know places like Avdivka may not have been lost if uh, there was enough munitions and FPV drones uh, do are, are quite obviously are vital on the battlefield now, but one thing is that you have to consider their range as well. Um, FPV drones, uh, Wild Hornets, have, I think the longest strike that I, I know of is 22 kilometers away from the, uh, from the pilot. Um, many, uh, the, the strikes that actually uh, you were showing that are from today around Urojaine were over 10 kilometers distant from the pilot. So there has been a misnomer that FPV drones are, you know, have an operational effectiveness maybe four or five kilometers, and that's that's not the case. But still, 22 kilometers is is the outside limit, and so beyond that is where Ukraine needs the the munitions that are being held up uh, so frustratingly by the United States. And uh, so, so artillery and uh, longer range uh, strikes are still vital for Ukraine to be able to defeat Russia and, and, uh, and save lives. Yeah, I'm just showing you 22 kilometers on the map uh, here. And you see, you can actually reach quite far. Your operational, you can cover an operational area pretty well. Um, I know that this, you know, the ranges um, um, is not necessarily in an absolute because uh, it needs to take into account terrain and, and buildings and, you know, obstacles, etc. So um, there are different systems that can, uh, you know, uh, handle these things, but uh, it's still a challenge for a radio signal to go through building forests uh, uh, and nature in general. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Um, but yeah, 22 kilometers uh, maximum strike. That, that's that, it's it's an actually a very good achievement. I uh, I think I've that's the the longest I've heard of from a normal FPV drone. Mm. Yeah, I, I I haven't heard of one longer than that. Um, and uh, and that was I believe a if I'm not mistaken, it was a howitzer. So you know, well worth the trip. Oh yes, absolutely. Daniela, you wanted to talk a little bit about something I I know how like I cannot explain it, but uh, you can. Yeah, um, I mean uh, one thing that is very interesting that has been uh, coming out under the I mean uh, a lot of researcher has been working on using a different type of technique to create uh, um, conical shape that are used in. Um, in shape charge now the uh, yeah that that, that thing the, the the image on on the right which are uh, at the at the pinnacle on how you create a high velocity stream of molten uh, uh, material that normally is used to pierce through uh, an armored vehicle or a target in general now the the shape is very important and there have been a lot of studies uh, in um, in engineering and science you know to understand the best shape best characteristic uh, for a shape charge and uh, of course the limit was the manufacturing process and um, but uh, recent I mean recently in 2000, around 2000 and also eight uh, 3d printing started to do his pre first baby step but there, there were a lot of research in 2011 um, 2019 this is this paper is from 2019 and this is a completely um, uh, university-based program, research program, where they design and 3D print a metal um, conical shape um, charge, uh, and they and they tested these across different targets, and they compare these with uh, a traditional CNC machined um, uh, shape charge, and the results uh, which are shown uh, at the very very end. In, in the appendix, just just because I, I don't want to to to, to overflow the, the conversation, is quite uh, remarkable because what they demonstrated was that with the similar design, which is not uh, ideal, because uh, wh why you would like to use three D printing, which is you want to use three D printing because then you can push a little bit ahead of the shape and how the shape can be uh, changed in order to uh, obtain the, the maximum. Uh, damage, but also try to limit the effect of uh, those type of um, of uh, defense system that try to um, al allow the explosion of of the warhead much before it arrives uh, to a, a range where the the plume of molten material can actually penetrate the the, 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 the armor. Essentially, you have been seen in Afghanistan, but now also in Ukraine. These cages around the tank they, they are essentially um, prepared and installed to avoid this uh, to increase the distance between the shape charge and the vehicle and essentially they obtain with a very uh, sim simple design more or less in some cases even better performances of of cnc machine the shape charge now why am i'm taking these ahead look at the dimension and look at how they activated this. This is essentially electric, electrically driven. 
And this is amazing because uh, one of the things is that you can optimize the, the shape of the con of the conical shape in order to house more uh, um, explosive and reach essentially higher speeds without compromise too much the, the dimension and the weight. And so I, I wouldn't be that surprised if in a in a in an era where we see in a 3D printing on with plastic being so important for the development of FPV drones, let's start to see also metal 3D printing for 3D, 3D printing shape charges for FPV drone or for other type of attack drones. And I think this is um, this is a very interesting development that I'm sure other people are at the moment exploring. I'm not going to ask you to, if it's the case or not because I don't want to ask you this question, so you don't have it. But it was just a nice things to bring up to make understanding the level of innovation and the amount of uh, um, things that are going to to be on the battlefield in a, short, in a in a such short period of time. So that's it. Sorry. Well, no, that's a great. It's very interesting. It just shows, I think, uh, exactly what we're talking about about the dramatic innovation. And actually, I can confirm to you that um, that that exactly is being done, uh, including uh, understand with. Um, I've just communicated with uh, with my colleagues uh, in Kiev, and uh, they say that uh, it's it's okay to actually reveal this that uh, that is exactly being done. Not by the wild hornets, particularly themselves, but in Ukraine. Thank you, thank you very much, and my my personal congratulations to whoever worked on that project. <laughs> um, yeah, so th uh, some people are pinging me, by the way, uh, because they want to know where they can go and find out, you know, more about wild hornets. If there is any web resources and places to donate, especially has been asked, you know, in DMs to me now and uh, in the comments. Yes. Well, do you have the um, do you have a uh, screenshot you could put of the Wild Hornets Twitter page? Uh, it's unfortunately not. It's not called Wild Hornets. It's called. Um, I it probably that was already taken uh, at the time that they created the Twitter page, but it's um, there. It is uh, at the top. It says Dicky Sheshny, which means Wild Hornets at the in the image, and then. Uh, it's spelled uh, uh, will end hornets. Um, can, you can consider that to be will end the Russian terrorist empire, uh, but with only one L. And so that's that's one place that uh, has all the donation information at the very top in the bio is the PayPal uh, account where donations can be sent as well. There's a, a telegram page. Um, there's a, there's a website that's actually spelled exactly as the, um, uh, oh, oh, it's right there also, uh, linked in the, at the top. So that's, that's in Ukrainian, but you can use Google translate to translate into that into English. Uh, that's on our to-do list to make that an English website. There's a, a very, uh, uh, popular Instagram page actually that has, I think 9,000 followers. And uh, we're also on TikTok, uh, so um, there's lots of places to see wild hornets blowing up the enemy, and exactly how donations are being turned into that. Uh,
freedom loving drone. I, I, I think I need to get myself a wild hornet's uh, fella. Because <laughs> your, well, your, your logo is very cool and uh, your drones look very cool. We, um, we actually, it's funny that you say that because uh, we had a, uh, an, a fundraiser uh, uh, in January where we offered to, in, in normally speaking, you can actually have, you can name a Wild Hornet, you can sponsor Wild Hornet and have your name on it for $350, a $350 donation US. And, um, but we reduced the price to $100 for a short time to raise funds for some needed drone parts. And so those, uh, so I think there were uh, 170 uh, different named drones. I believe we raised uh, $25,000 uh, during that period of time. And so uh, now those pictures are all coming. Uh, they've finally been made. It's not that it takes normally wild hornets that long to be made, but there's a lot of time that the volunteers needed to take to put stickers on drones and, um, you know, and, and photograph them in nice uh, in a sort of nice setting. So those have, have just started to go to the various donor. You you can see them uh, on uh, you know on Twitter now. And uh, so if you want your name on a drone or your or your special words of wisdom to the enemy, uh, you're very welcome to to have that. Uh, and um, and on my on my uh, Twitter page, there's a few of those are are there as well. Uh, my Twitter page is. Uh, uh, called Armed Maidan, which is uh, Maidan is the place where um, the uh, Revolution of Dignity uh, happened uh, 20 years ago. Actually, uh, uh, as of um, two days from now, the the victory of the of the uh, Revolution of Dignity, the Maidan Revolution, happened 20 years ago. Actually, as of two days from now, so that's an important. Uh, a date and uh, tomorrow, uh, I should say, is the is the day of the memory of the uh, heavenly hundred heroes who died uh, on that day twenty years ago, uh, February the twentieth. A, a very um, very important date for Ukrainians, uh, people who sacrificed, um, you know, unarmed protesters fighting uh, the the pro Russian regime that, in many ways, uh, you know, brought us uh, to helped bring us to where we are today. Uh, to for this uh, fight for freedom that Ukraine has been really waging for uh, 350 years against uh, the Russian Empire um, and uh, and its genocides and you know and killing and, and all sorts of horrible horrible things that we're trying to get away from right now. So these are you know we, it's very important to remember these people who sacrificed so much so that Ukraine could have what it has now. Thank you for uh, letting us know uh, and 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 reminding us of that. I I, I just wanted to uh, because uh, Andrew told me about this story today, and I I know this is of course not your drone, so I'm sorry about that. But uh, I think it says something about how high of a status the uh, uh, FPV drones or drones in general has you know um, has within the Ukrainian. Po- Population. So this is a mother that lost her son on the in the picture, and um, if I can, you read the Ukrainian, by the way. Yes, yes. I'm just trying to see yeah. it. I can't see it very well. I can probably. Oh, make is it a oh yes, thank you. Okay. So as far as I understood, she lost her son, and she invested all her savings 
uh, into basically donating drones to uh, to the Ukrainian armed forces. Uh, yeah. And I, it, it's really moving, you know. Uh, I also saw another very moving video today of a Ukrainian father who was uh, volunteering um, that United 24 uh, shared today of a, of a Ukrainian father who's serving in the CSU because uh, he lost his son and and now he wants to protect, uh, um, you know, other sons and daughters of the of Ukraine. Yes, yes, it's very it's it's so tragic. I mean, it just it's it's Ukraine has just had so such a hard time for so long, and, and it's every Ukrainian family or almost every Ukrainian family. I was just telling. One of our, uh, I was talking about this with one of our uh, dear volunteers and, um, you know, almost every Ukrainian family has such tragedies in its past, uh, you know, within just one or two or three generations. Uh, you know, my mom uh, was born at the very tail end of the Holodomor, the, the, the Holocaust of Ukraine, when four, we don't even know how many, four, it could be 10 million Ukrainians died because of uh, Moscow and the same, the same things that, that the same mentalities and attitudes uh, that Moscow has today. Um, this isn't new for Ukraine. And, and so I, I'm so sorry for this uh, mother who lost her, her son. And uh, he, he says there that he was in the, um, well, I can't, it's part, part of it's cut off there. Yeah. He was in the, um, the, the border guards in the uh, detachment uh, from Donetsk. Um, and um, he was uh, he passed away uh, the 9th of of January in 2023 in the Solidar um, axis, and um, and her name was is Tatiana, and she donated um, for these drones uh, three drones that she funded, um, and it, at the end it says um, uh, you know forever to remember the hero and uh, and thank you to Tatiana. And, you know, this is a very touching story because we, we hear stories like this of children who raise funds at their school in their community to raise money for a drone. This just happened a few weeks ago. Um, two pensioners, 60-year-old uh, women who put their pennies together to raise funds for drones. Um, this is the people who are, who are supporting uh, the Wild Hornets and other charities like United24, uh, you know, uh, Wild Hornets does get a lot of help from around the world, but you know, about 85 to 90 percent of the money comes from Ukrainians, and there's there's no fatigue there. Ukrainians are not tired of this. Uh, they're tired of the war, but they're not tired of fighting. Uh, they're sick and tired of the war. They want nothing more than for it to end, but they will give everything to stop Russia. Uh, from having this effect on their children and their grandchildren. Um, uh, Sternenko, who I mentioned before, uh, Sergei Sternenko, he has a, a large charity in Ukraine, and he did a fundraiser for, uh, for FPV drones uh, a week or two ago. Um, I can't remember the exact amount, but I, th I think it was uh, at least $100,000 was the target. I think it was 200000 thousand drones if i'm not mistaken i'm sorry if i'm not remembering correctly but they, he raised that in just a few days from ukrainians so ukrainians are are uh you know 
are, are fighting hard and and you know the the destruction from Russia just motivates us to fight harder. Thank you very much. Uh, it's very emotional this uh, story, and and there are so many of these stories. Uh, unfortunately, um, I I need to emphasize something because there's some comments in chat that uh, touch me. Uh, we do not take donations. We at all. Uh, we are only uh, trying to relay information about uh, the war in Ukraine and uh, uh, relevant information to the war in Ukraine. Um, so. Uh, uh, if you need, if you want to donate to to uh, to Wild Hornets, then we, we we put the link in the description so you can find their website. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to make sure everyone understands that we we are not fundraising at all, uh, Tochni as a group. And in case any of your um, any of your followers don't know uh, what Tochni means, it means uh, exact. It means uh, precision, and so I, I, I congratulate you and welcome you for your uh, precise work that uh, documents uh, what Ukraine is doing, and um, as I say, is is a vital part of the of the record um, to establish this. And, and it's not easy. I know it takes a lot of time, and uh, so so we commend you for what you do and. and Everyone who supports Ukraine, or the volunteers for the Wild Hornets around the world, the donors—it's it means everything to Ukrainians. Thank you so much. Actually, you are the first uh, ever guest, I think, that, uh, that that takes the name Tochny and explains it. Uh, we've been asked by many people what it means, and um, uh, yeah, I was uh, when we when we started, you know, looking for a name for the group, etc. We. We asked uh, several Ukrainians. I, I we wanted to be very sure that this didn't sound wrong or meant something wrong because we wanted it, this to be yeah, exact and, and and precise. Because that the, our goal as a group is to give exact and precise information <laughs> to our best uh, ability, of course. Yes, thank you. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, I don't know if you, if there is anything else you or Daniela want to say. I think we've been going for one, more than one and a half hours, so we need to let you go here. Yeah, I have a question, and maybe it's more of interest for the listeners. So, uh, do, can you explain how the drone are um, essentially how units can ask you for uh, for uh, for drone? How this process uh, happen? Yes, thank you for asking because that that is uh, a question we get a lot, um, and um, right now uh, the units are welcome to um, to contact me on Twitter by uh, direct message, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll figure out a secure way to discuss that. Uh, not on Twitter, obviously, um, and then uh, but there is also uh, an email address that. Uh, I believe is uh, on that site that you have opened there. Um, it should be there. Uh, no, that's the PayPal. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe I can. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yes. So there it is. Uh, Hornets wild at gmail.com. And so you're welcome to, um, the, you know, units are welcome to, to uh, contact uh, Dicky Shashni through that email address, and any if there are any uh, Ukrainian 
uh, armed forces or other troops uh, listening. Diakoimo za vašu službu. Thank you so much. Um, I guess I need to do uh, like a little wrap up. Uh, uh, yeah, we did uh, one and a half hours interview now with uh, uh, Alex from Wild Hornets. Uh, we we normally stream every Sunday, uh, but we also sometimes stream during the week. Uh, you can find the, uh, our you know. Please hit the subscribe button so that you will get notified when we when we do our streams uh, and publish new uh, videos and uh, share um, so that we can you know, relay this information to as many people as possible. Um, uh, and also check out uh, our Twitter page. And uh, uh, we have also uh, a lot of podcasts in the library, uh, episodes in, uh, uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So um, thank you again, Alex. Uh, so much for uh, for joining us in the stream, um, and Slava Ukraini. Heroyam Slava, thank you so much, and uh, thank you to all who support us and our hardworking volunteers and and uh, Ukrainian uh, soldiers defending freedom. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Прошу дуже дуже дякую вам. On behalf of the brave.